Hey everyone, today we have Dan Edwards on the call. He leads a great church and is doing an incredible work in the, in the city and town that God's called him to be in. And today we get to talk about how do you keep volunteers motivated and engaged? That's a challenge for all of us. So let's jump into the coaching conversation with me and Dan. Well, man, it's good to see you, Dan. Always love hanging out with you. So man, let's jump into it. How can I serve you today? What's on your mind? Yeah, so what I was thinking, um, when I get the coaching, coaching sessions, I usually like to think of something to ask you, what, what's going on. And, yeah. Um, I do have a break coming up where I'm going to get a Sunday off. And how cool. do you choose a um, guest speaker or do you say anything to them? Do you give them any boundaries or guidelines? Do you tell them where you're at at first and, and kind of here's where we're going? Here's what I need you to do. Do you let them just fly off the cuff? Like, like, how, how do you uh, approach that? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. You know, I think, uh, well, first of all, um, as the church grows, uh, every church size is different. Utilizing your own people is always a great opportunity. gives gives up and coming pastors and up and coming kind of staff leaders an opportunity. I do think you want to protect that to some degree. In other words, you don't want to just, hey, this guy's never spoken, so let's give him a chance. You know, uh, <clears throat> I don't think I would do that. But, uh, um, uh, you know, at least for a Sunday morning, I wouldn't. But I think that you want to give an opportunity for staff members if you have that opportunity to do so. If that's not part of the case, um, I, I like having a small group of guys that I trust. I don't think it definitely is not a free-for-all, and it's definitely not a – um, I think you have to protect that. It's not that you're not allowing someone to come and share, but you have to protect, like, does this person follow the same values, follow the same kind of biblical principles? Um, do they connect with our people? Would they connect with our people? Um, you know, you know. last thing you want, we've all been there. I've been there where, you know, I, a trusted friend says, this guy's coming to town, you should have him. And then we have him, and I'm like, I'm sitting in the front row going, this is a nightmare. We still have two more services after this. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, this guy's <laughs> yeah. killing me. Uh, I, I have definitely been there where I was like, there was one time where I was like, man, I feel like I just got to cut this guy and like, I'll just fill in or something. And I happen to be there that Sunday. So I get it. I really do. So one, I think it's always great just to have staff members if possible, if you're raising people up, assuming that there's a trust factor. Secondly, um, you know, having a library, a small library, three or four people that you just like, I trust these guys. I know these guys. They're not going to do anything to hurt the congregation. They're not going to say anything dumb. They're not going to cause any problems. They're not going to go off on a tangent. They're not going to go crazy on theology or politics or something else. They're going to stay in line. Um, I think it's important that you protect yeah. that that pulpit. And I think um, you got to be careful who's who's speaking there. You you, you really have 52, 52 times a year. So, so he, with that, everyone. Yeah. like we're going to have a church rescue Sunday where you guys are going to come in and talk about right. rescuing churches. Is that a chance for us to take off? Or do you think that's such a big Sunday you need to be there? When you I have think for, I, yeah, good question. I think for rescue Sundays, I think that the power of it comes from the pastor showing his support. So I always tell the pastors when we do Rescue Sunday, hey, when you're doing something that is big, that is missional-minded, even if you're not speaking, the people need to see you in the front row saying yes and amen, and you got to close it out. you got to use your equity to challenge the people. He's presenting the problem. The solution and the encouragement has to come from the voice that they, that they know the most. But yeah, yeah and, and, and any, any sort of missional drive like that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's good. Cool. 
What else you got on your mind, my man? All right, so we're going into the holidays, right? We're going into uh, Thanksgiving. We're going into Christmas. And, and again, I'm with family this week, and it's going to be great. I got a speaker who I can trust on Sunday, but I'll, I'll be back. I'll be in-house. Um, yeah. But I just didn't want that on my plate while I was yeah, visiting I family. Yeah. So now we got volunteers going. We got our process going. We got our connect table, all these things happening. Everybody's yeah. excited. At what point do you, not not like false harmony, but at what point do you try to find rest for those leaders? Or, I mean, they're only doing a couple hours a week. And I, I caught up on last week's podcast where it's like, Two hours a week is not that bad, you know. That's not yeah. something they need to take a break from, right. um, you know, holding them to a certain standard. But with the way the holidays are and people want their own family time, right? How, how do you kind of balance that? Well, I have a couple thoughts for that. It's um, a great question. I have a couple thoughts for that. Uh, one, I do think you need to balance it. You know, get ahead of it. Hey, Christmas is well, Christmas this year is on a Sunday. You know, this is always thrilling and it's so funny you even say that it's the birth of christ and we're like going oh my gosh you know because we're just trying <laughs> to figure it out I, I feel bad even saying it uh but um but like holidays like thanksgiving weekend's always an interesting time one i think you got to get ahead of that with your volunteers because you got to make sure that that you're taking care of it uh but but let me even go a little bit farther back in how do you maintain morale and strength to the volunteers because that's really what it is them taking off for a weekend because they're on vacation or it's summertime or you know they're going to be that's just going to happen and you just got to manage that well as a leader and the leaders have to manage that well of your team but bigger than that i think it's important that um that that you create an atmosphere where they feel valued and encouraged and loved um it's amazing how much fuel, encouragement, and stopping long enough to honor the team, having two or three dream teams or whatever you call your team, you know, a year, a big night where they, you celebrate them and you hang out with them and you tell them all the great things that God's doing and you're a part of it and thanks for all that you do. Like all of that is so important. I think that we miss that sometimes. Um, and, you know, you're thinking about volunteers that are two hours or four hours or three hours or whatever, whatever amount of hours that they are. Um, I think it's so important that you put inside of your schedule. I'm doing a uh, I'm working on a, a calendar, kind of a coaching session on December 7th with with talking about working out your calendar year. Um, and I think everybody needs to look at their calendar year and what needs to be inside of this. When is either once a quarter or twice a year or three times a year or whatever, when do we stop, have a big dessert night and just say, look at all the great things we've done. And it's because of you volunteers. Like that is so important. Um, that's one thing that you could do to keep that up because people are going to take time off. There's no doubt, but the burnout, the exiting of volunteers is a major problem. Uh, that can happen sometimes in a church, but I think it happens when they don't feel valued. So one thing, make sure it's in the calendar throughout the year. The other thing is, this is kind of a, I, I think it's a great one. Uh, if you ever have staff meetings or anything like that, get the people on the staff go, okay, each of us right now, here's, here's, you got two, you got two, and you got two thank you cards. We're going to handwrite people notes in this staff meeting, and we're going to send them out from the church. You make that a regular habit where, 10, 15, 20 people, five people, whatever amount, you know, size of the church, everybody's different. 
they they're they're getting a thank you handwritten card from the children's director, from the worship director, from you as the pastor. They're getting a handwritten card, not a text or a general email that says, hey, just thinking about you, Tom, want to thank you so much. You're such a faithful usher and you do such a great job handling everything. Thank you for all you do. Bro, handwritten cards. I know we're in a text world. I get it. I text a million times a day like anybody else. But if you can get your, anytime your team comes together, build that into your staff meeting. Okay, guys, before our staff meeting is over, okay, let's send out our thank you cards. Everybody got some, writes them out, puts them inside the, inside the envelope, and you guys mail them out from the church. And it's those little teeny practices that make people feel valued. And when people feel valued, it creates the fuel that keeps them going. Such an important yeah. part of developing, uh, yeah, developing a team and keeping the team moving in the right direction, keeping them encouraged. So we got a Christmas party coming up, December. 11th, oh, that's awesome! And that's kind it. of our our time to honor everyone. Yeah. So we got, oh man, more than a hundred percent attendance, which is funny. Everybody's coming to this thing. It's free. It's nice. <laughs> uh, we're doing like a ornament exchange and a white elephant kind of gag gift yeah. exchange in the middle. Yeah. So my thoughts were also to get individual bags for everybody that's signing that's up, and. Uh, you know, little gift cards, ten, fifteen dollars. Sure, you know, sure. a couple of those, and uh, just kind of thank everybody and, and have a moment there to, to thank everybody. But that's one thing we're yep. doing as a church to to celebrate. Um, so then again, you think once a quarter. Oh yeah, you know, once yeah, three or four times a year, and it doesn't have to be fancy, and doesn't have to be. It could be a, de, a dessert night, you know, and just hang out, give away a couple gift certificates to wherever, uh, honor a few people, two or three key people. Um, one thing is always have 10 minutes or so, uh, or however many long, however long that is, I think at a Christmas one, keep it more festive, but throughout the year, there should be 10 or 15 minutes of, let me give you four big things that have happened since the last time we've met. We've seen this many people come to Christ. We baptized this many people, blah, 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 blah. Uh, here's a great story. Maybe someone has a great story and they write you an email cause you know, maybe they're not going to be there at night. Let me show you a great email from a family that started coming to our church or for someone that we prayed with at, at that outreach we did. Like they've got to feel, people got to feel like what they're doing matters. And if you, you, you got to show that to them because they're not getting all the stories that you're getting. They're not hearing all the stuff that you're hearing. So it's so important that, that throughout the year that they have an opportunity to hear like, Oh, Okay, so you literally got to say, so you might think, oh, okay, big deal, I'm a greeter. Yeah, well, here's a lady that said she went through a divorce. She felt like her family was rejecting her, and she felt like this was a place where she felt at home, and she got loved, and she got cared for, and whatever. You know what, greeters? Point at some of your greeters. You made that happen. You know what, worship team? You gave her that experience that she just you know, started crying during worship and never experienced it. Like, do you see how you're, you're attaching what they do to the result? And when you attach what they do to the result, then they feel like what they do matters. And they have to feel like what they do matters. Um, otherwise, they just feel like they're you know, doing a little checklist and doing your to-do list. And they got to feel like, man, what, you know, what we do matters. It really does matter. Uh, and, uh, so that's such an important part. So make sure that I, I, you know, maybe you could do a little five minute thing at Christmas. I would definitely do something short at Christmas, but keep it as a bigger part of your other times throughout the year. Let them feel loved, encouraged, and what they do matters. 
That's really important. And you can do that with a few stats, but numbers tend to numb people. So just do a few stats, but then also give one or two stories. You know, give one or two stories. And, hey, maybe someone invited someone. Maybe someone had a, a mother or cousin visit, and, man, they really got touched. And so your volunteer stands up and goes, my cousin was here four weeks ago. This was their experience. You know, and just giving those testimonies and those stats makes people feel like what they're doing matters. So really important because that's what is actually the fuel. That's the gasoline to the tank. Here's the thing I always say. People want to get paid for their job. You have a side business. You yeah. want to get paid. You know, um, my dad did construction all his life. He, he goes and hangs the door and expects the check. He's not, <laughs> he doesn't, he wants to get <laughs> paid. Too. Now, if he works for someone and the guy goes, oh, dude, I forgot the checkbook and I, 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 I'll give it to you Monday. Okay. You might do that two or three times for someone, but after a week of two of them not paying you, you're like, I'm not doing any more work until you pay me. Right. Okay. Everybody wants to get paid for what they do. Volunteers, they don't get paid money. So how do they get paid? They get paid with fruit. You know what that fruit is? It's the, it's the things we do as a church. And how do they know about that fruit? Because you bring it to their attention. Remember, Dan, everybody wants to get paid. So pay them. But volunteers get paid with fruit. So show them the fruit of what you do. Because if you don't get paid, you want to quit. And that's why we have so much turnover in, in volunteers. Because they're not getting paid. It is a good time to plug that, like in your giving talks and offering. Um you know, we, we do like short little one minute, minute and a half or something, giving talks. We pray over offering. Was that a good time to share those stories? Um, I think that uh, personally, I like sharing the volunteer stories. I like, well, let me tell I like telling the impact stories like, hey, this people got saved. This happened. This happened at those events. I'll get to the, to the offering thing in a minute. At the events we just talked about two or three times a year, whatever, whatever you okay. decide to do. Um, if you have a rally, a kind of a, a huddle before the service where it's like 10 of you pray before the service, do it there every week. Give okay. one thing. Hey, just want to tell you what happened this week. Hey, just want to tell you what happened this week. Something every week that kind of gives them a little injection of, of encouragement. Um, there now in the generosity part, in the offering part, what I recommend, and again, I'm not saying that you couldn't do that once in a while. I recommend impact and then plugging it to how their giving help made that happen. Right. So right. with volunteer, hey, your volunteerism helped make that happen. Hey, this week we sent five kids to camp, 20 kids to camp. This happened, that happened. Or, hey, we, you know, um, just want to let you know that we were able to give out 100 turkeys to people during time of need or whatever. And just want to say thank you. Your giving makes that possible without your generosity. So you're almost giving them an impact report. And, you know, you might not be able to do that every week, but if you could do that a couple of times during the offering, you know, a little one minute, like, hey, here's what happened and your giving makes that possible. It does not happen without your giving. Uh, that, that is a great time to tell stories. Great time to tell stories at the offering, but, but attach it to their giving for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That's good. Yeah. Um, one of the last things I wanted to ask you, um, yeah. you know, I have staff and Danielle yep. uh, is one of my workers and she kind of mm -hmm. does everything. We've merged three failing mindsets yeah, yeah, and three yeah. failing churches. And she yeah. just had a workload on her this year. And I told her, you can't pick up the computer today all the way till Sunday. You can't even pick it up. You can't do any work. We're done with that. And that's very yeah. hard for her to do. Well, uh, me and my wife, we wanted to surprise them with a, um, 
little getaway for a night. Uh, so it'd be two days at a water park, yeah. indoor water yeah. park, because it's going to be snow on the ground here soon. And um, <laughs> one night for her and her kids. And, um, you know, one is, is that okay? You know, you're a small church, Absolutely. small budget, but we definitely have it. Yeah. And um, we figure that's a good uh, culture to create. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you can reproduce those kind of things, or, or is that just something you can get away with as a small church? You know. Oh no, dude! Absolutely, you should do it. Absolutely, um, one night getaway. I mean, come on, you know, do it. Right. Absolutely, any way that you can honor them, any way you can honor your team, and uh, even people that get paid, you know, uh, they need to be honored as well. Uh, yeah. That's the thing is like, especially with staff. You know, I was talking to a church recently, and they got a, you know, they probably got 15, 20 staff members. It's a, you know, it's a church of a thousand. Um, but I was like, hey, raises are important. There's no doubt. But you know what? You give someone a night out or a night away or two nights away or you figure out someone to take their kids and then they go, husband and wife go away for two days and you just bless them, buy them a couple really fancy dinners or whatever. Uh, you might spend 1200 bucks, but guess what? Uh, you're going to get about nine months of they love you. <laughs> right, and, right. you know, you give someone a raise and you got to keep paying that every week. You give someone a blessing one time, you don't have to pay that every week. And yeah. not that they don't deserve a raise. That's not what I'm saying. But, but what I'm saying is not everybody's motivated by the raise, although I think it's important. Some people are motivated by feeling that you thought you thought of them. Yeah, I just want them. something for her and her family. Yeah. Time to get away. She doesn't have to yeah. clean. She doesn't have to do anything. Right. She gives so much to us. I mean, she's sure. Absolutely. worth way more than her, her weight and paycheck. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and again, I was ta- talking about that church that's got 15, 20 employees, 1,000 people in the church. They got a couple people on there. And I was telling the pastor, I said, hey, that lady that works here, she works here, you know, part-time and you want to give her a little bit of a raise. Um, now, again, you, you got to keep paying that over and over and over, and they can afford it, but, bro, that's not what she wants. Have you thought about what her husband does? They're, they're not hurting, buddy. They're, you know, and you know what their tithe looks like. I, I don't know what it looks like. He goes, oh, yeah, they're, they're one of our biggest tithers. I go, you giving her a dollar an hour raise or $3,000 for the year raise, send them away for two days and watch what happens. So he did. He calls me up. He's like, dude, it was unreal. Because that's what they want. They want to feel valued. Now, some people want the raise because they need the the money, you know, and and that's the way they feel valued. But you got to know how people feel valued. And um, I think that's a good thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Figure how they feel. It's almost like applying those uh, five love languages, but but to your employees and to people. Exactly. There's a certain way that a gift means more than direct attention means more. 100%. Yep, you yeah. nailed it. Five love languages. No, you know, one, my uh, my mentor told me one time, my personal coach told me, I've had the same coach for years. He told me, he goes, if you want to know how people feel valued when they hire them, ask them. And I'm like, duh. Like, and you know what I did? I started doing with employees I was hiring. I was like, what, at what? Tell me a time. Like, say I was hiring you. I'd say, tell me a time or about to hire you. It's an interview process, whatever. Tell me a time where you felt most valued, where a former boss was like, man, you just felt so valued. Okay. Whatever they say is probably how they feel most valued. They like public praise. They like personal gifts. You know, you're going to figure out really quick by just asking them. And if you know their love language, like you just said, Dan, then 
follow that love language. It's not that yeah. Hard. Just well, follow we talk love about, language. Uh, you mentioned a former boss. And, and, you know, I got one of those. And I got a lot of stories I've told you before. Oh, but yeah. The best stories on the planet. If you just told me I did a good job or I did something well, it would have meant the world to me. You're I mean, right. I was starving for that for two and a half years. Yeah. Of just, hey, did you notice Anything yep. I did nice, anything I did right, <laughs> anything, um, anything I did good, <laughs> just yeah. one thing, it, it would have meant more than a night out. And, uh, right. The side note, like I told you, I have a million stories. It was actually that pastor. He sent us on a night out, me and my wife, Amanda. Yeah. And, uh, we had, um, Ella, we didn't have Ethan yet. So we just had one kiddo and, uh, somebody was taking care of her grandma or somebody. And, uh, we go down and I noticed that. All like we're going to Myrtle Beach, about an hour and a half away from where we were. Yeah, and there's all these motorcycles just passing us and pass. I mean, not like twenty or thirty or forty, but like a hundred and fifty motorcycles passing us all the time. And we're just like, what is going on? It was Bike Week and Myrtle <laughs> Beach, and and we were trying to have a relaxing night out. And there's concerts on every street corner and craziness happening. That's and funny. Oh, so now we know to uh, watch where we book those nights out, make sure nothing crazy is happening. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's not funny. on bike week, not the best week for you and your wife to get away. <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, it's always good talking with you and uh, always great hanging out with you and love Thank coaching. I love your heart, man. You've got an amazing heart. So keep up the amazing work, man. It's been great hanging out with you today. 